And now, time for seafood news. You are listening to the Seafood News Podcast, brought to you by Erner Berry. Erner Berry is heading to Boston for Seafood Expo in North America from March 10th through the 12th. Meet with Erner Berry's seafood market reporters and sales team at booth number 364. I'm Seafood News Senior Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erner Berry Senior Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. The Super Bowl may be over. Yay, Chief! Oh, Taylor! But we're still talking sports. Joining us this week on the podcast is Craig Morris, CEO of Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, and Emily D'Souza, a fishery scientist and content creator behind Seaside with Emily. This week on Tuesday, February 13th, Craig and Emily will be at UBS Arena in New York to watch the New York Islanders take on the Seattle Kraken. And while the game is, of course, important, it's what's on the menu at the arena that we really care about. Let's Let's take take a listen. listen. Hi, Craig. Welcome, Emily. Thank you guys for jumping on the podcast with us today. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So Craig and Emily are joining us today to make Lauren and I extremely jealous about their Tuesday night plans, (laughs) feasting on delicious wild Alaska Pollock at UBS Arena in New York while the New York Islanders play host to the Seattle Kraken. Yes, this is a huge deal. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers has been hard at work getting wild Alaska Pollock into sports stadiums and arenas. Those in attendance at GAP's annual meeting back in September were able to hear from Chef Molly Demers, who was awesome. Um, She's the executive chef at Seattle's Climate Pledge Arena about the partnership making U.S. caught Wild Alaska Pollock the official whitefish of Climate Pledge Arena and the Seattle Kraken. But now, thanks to the Saltonstall Kennedy Grant, Pollock has made its way into UBS Arena in New York. Craig, give us some background on how this all came about. You bet. As you know, I love a roadshow. And one of the things that we worked on really hard, as you said, is getting Wild Alaska Pollock served in our hometown arena, Climate Pledge Arena, for our hometown Seattle Kraken. And we thought that was working out so well, having seafood options available at a sports and entertainment venue, that we thought we need to take that on the road. Uh, As we looked around the country, as I've been around the country, when I go to games, Uh, It doesn't matter if it's hockey or baseball or American football, whatever it is. There's a lot of chicken. There's a lot of beef. I don't see a lot of seafood. And we saw a void there. So we wrote a proposal to NOAA for a salt and salt of Kennedy grant saying, what can we do to increase the penetration of seafood in America's sports and entertainment venues? And they saw merit in that proposal and actually funded us. So we pitched the idea around the country to different sports venues uh, using Climate Pledge Arena as really a success story, sort of a model. And UBS Arena in New York City bit, and excuse the pun, they said, uh, we'd love to have a conversation. Uh, we flew out there and shipped a bunch of Wallace Pollock products, met with their executive chef and culinary team. And, and they said, you know, I think there's merit here. And so uh, we had a soft launch uh, with a Wallace Pollock filet sandwich served on January 21st. And we're having our official uh, kickoff on the eve of Lent uh, next week, which is just amazing uh, for when the New York Islanders at UB- UBS Arena play host to our Seattle Kraken. That timing is just amazing. Emily, do you eat just fish? Yeah, I eat everything. I uh, I love food, so I, I do dabble in everything. We were pescatarian for a little while, so I, I definitely 
appreciate uh, the pescatarian lifestyle as well. I was going to say, like, there's there's not enough. I mean, like, every once in a while now you're seeing, like, a Beyond Burger or, or some sort of plant-based burger on these menus. But th there really isn't enough options out there for, for people that just eating seafood or people looking for a healthier option. So so getting getting Pollock there is huge. And Craig, it seems like anytime, like you were saying, like, you know, we, we sent them Pollock. Anytime it seems like you send somebody Pollock, they're like, yes, like, this is amazing. This is delicious. This is sustainable. It's such a good fish. Like, let's get this on the menu. So cheers to, to Gap for continuing this, this whole great campaign for, for Pollock. But Emily, like I said, you're a fisheries scientist, a content creator. You're passionate about sustainable seafood. You'll be at the Islanders game on, on February 13th when the Seattle Kraken come to town. Can you tell us what you love about Wild Alaska Pollock and your goals in sharing content about seafood? Yeah, I'm really excited about this event and this partnership. I think it's definitely a big opportunity for seafood. I mean, as we've mentioned, there's a lack of seafood options in sports and entertainment venues. And I think it's just such a great opportunity because, I mean, as I mentioned, I love food and I also love sports. And I think that sports and food really do go hand in hand. So I'm really excited to see the Pollock menu that's going to fit the game on Tuesday. I think that this is such a great fish, especially for a sports and entertainment venue. Being so mild, I think it's almost like a nice blank canvas uh, for chefs to get really creative and do different stuff with it. Things that can appeal to a variety of different palates and taste buds, which you're, of course, going to find in a, you know, a bigger uh, arena like we're going to see in New York. So I think it's really exciting and I'm really looking forward to it and, and showing people on social media, you know, how the traditional images that people have of seafood maybe of you know being more of a a sit down white tablecloth food item aren't necessarily accurate and that seafood is actually really diverse and can also lend itself well to this more you know casual setting more handheld uh, something you can eat while you're cheering on your favorite sports team yes i love what you've been doing with the the appetizers on every sunday getting ready for game day you've inspired me with some of those too so i'm really excited to see what you're going to be doing going forward with with wild alaska pollock as well craig you're gonna have to tell us more about what's being served there because emily what you said like when you're going to a game it's not just about the game anymore it's about the experience and and, and people, they're they're looking ahead of the time, like what's the big food item to get at this stadium? So, so Craig, what what are people gonna be able to see with with Pollock? Well, the chefs are still ideating. I know we're gonna have in the general concessions and what's called Market 102 a Wild Alaska Pollock blackened street taco, uh, which again is a very portable item that people can take down to their seats and enjoy the game. We're right now working on what we're gonna have served in the all inclusive clubs. We might go back to that that Wild Alaska Pollock uh, batter fillet with coleslaw and and bread and butter pickles served on uh, potato rolls. But there's the chefs are are still right now working on on what the exact items are going to be on the 13th. Oh my gosh, the suspense! I know. Well, Was we, there any? And that's one of the reasons you know we wanted to bring in Emily. You know, I I think uh, I follow her. I think her passion for seafood, her passion for getting seafood into more channels. You know, from a from a Wild Alaska Pollock perspective. If we're going to have uh, somebody out there sort of experiencing the product, we want somebody who not only has experience uh, with seafood, but obviously has passion for sports, too. And I, I think that's that's what we want the community to hear is that this grant is really working to make seafood work in this channel. Because as Emily just said, you know, we're not expecting people to have their fork and knife uh, down there having some some beautiful uh, filet of, of, of wild Alaska uh, halibut or something like that. Uh, they need something that's portable and, and workable. And the chef team actually at UBS Arena is, is, is doing some great things 
uh, that we tried during the ideation session, uh, not only with our filet, um, but wild Escapolic Serimi seafood too. So we're going to see what what we uh, what we see actually in the all inclusive club, but definitely going to have those street tacos. That's awesome. Was there any any apprehension about taking on this this challenge at UBS from from their their uh, executive chefs, or did you know what you've already set in place with with Chef Molly? Did that kind of set the tone and and they were excited for the challenge. Well, a lot of credit goes to to the Climate Pledge Arena team and Chef Molly. Uh, without them, I don't think it would have worked. You know, that there are a lot of questions that chefs have about bringing seafood into their kitchens. You know, what is, if we're going to fry it? You know, what does it do to the fryer uh, for the other things that are going to go in there, like the chicken, uh, like the French fries and things like that? We really needed the Climate Pledge team to say, look, it, it, it worked for us. Uh, there's questions about can, can it sit under a, a light? And, and hold up, you know, if, if, if it's not cooked to order, a lot of those learnings and, and not everything worked at Climate Pledge. And, and that's really why that's sort of our test bed and some of the experiences that they've had and, and a wild Ascapolic Surimi seafood mac and cheese. Uh, they do a deconstructed crab rangoon dip with chips. Uh, they obviously do the, the, the tacos, they do the fish and chips, they do the sandwiches. You know, those sorts of, of applications really made it a lot more turnkey uh, for the team out at UBS. Emily, were you able to get over to Climate Pledge Arena to taste the the first round of this? Not, not yet. It's on my list, though. I, I've been following, actually, this collaboration for quite a while because I was so excited when I saw Seafood and Sports getting together. So I've had my eye on it, but uh, maybe that'll be our, our next partnership together. I'll, I'll get out to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when you're, when you're on social media, so it's Seaside with Emily, you're on Instagram. Are you on any other platforms? I know you have the blog. Yeah, we do a little bit on TikTok as well. And then I have a website and a newsletter, but yeah, I think we'll mostly be, you know, reporting live on Instagram. I really want to try to bring people along with me in real time so they can see, you know, what the food is looking like, what the experience is eating it at the game. Like you said, I, I think this idea of portability and, and having it handheld so that you can still, I mean, I get very into sports and I like to uh, get animated and yell. And so I'm like, I know that I need some movement so that I can and cheer on the game. And so, yeah, I'm excited to show all that behind the scenes in real time. I'm hoping it will be as if my audience is kind of there at the game with me. All right. Well, like I said, you could you could follow along with Emily, Seaside with Emily on Instagram. Uh, and it's the same handle for, for uh, TikTok. Okay. And Craig, I'm sure Gap will also be uh, sharing content on their social media platform as well. Don't you know it? We'll have a whole team flying out there. So uh, uh, John Ochoa on our staff is is going to be uh, uh, following along as well. Well, Craig, I just want to let you know that I came so close to divorcing my husband to try to make it to this game, but it's his <laughs> birthday and he's not a hockey fan. He's a monster. <laughs> no, it's just... Gap's birthday gift to him. <laughs> <laughs> you could have turned him. Say, so, trust me, you'll enjoy yourself. Just just go for the Pollock, but yeah. Right. <laughs> next time, next time. All right, Craig, Emily, thank you so much. I don't know who to root for since we are technically, we should probably be Islander fans, but Seattle is a special place in my heart. So go go Kraken, go Team Wildlife. Everybody have fun. <laughs> go Team Wildlife. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thanks again, guys. Thanks again to Craig and Emily for joining us on the podcast to talk about one of our favorite fish, wild Alaska pollock. And it's the perfect segue to talk about what's going on at QSRs for the Lenten season, because that's when pollock really shines. That's right. The Lenten season begins with Ash Wednesday, which this year happens to fall on February 14th, which if the date sounds familiar, it's also 
Valentine's Day, <laughs> which we'll get to that after. But during this six-week period leading up to Easter on March 31st this year, Catholics who observe the religious period refrain from eating meat on Fridays. And while surveys conducted in the last few years suggest that fewer people are partaking in the tradition, it's still a big time of year for the seafood industry, especially in the quick service restaurant and fast casual space. While there are a handful of chains that offer fish sandwiches on their menu year-round, others use this time to roll out some limited-time seafood offerings. Arby's has the meats and the fish. And for a limited time, Arby's is offering three different fish sandwiches. The King's Hawaiian Fish Deluxe Sandwich, the Fish and Cheddar Sandwich, and the Crispy Fish uh, Sandwich, made with Wild Alaska Pollock. Each sandwich features a giant crispy filet with toppings and bun varying based on the sandwich selected. Church's Chicken is also advertising Pollock. Chicken is taking a back seat at Church's during February. And for a limited time, the chain is offering not only a fish sandwich, but also a shrimp basket. So the uh, fish sandwich features wild-caught Pacific Pollock and a seasoned panko breading. The mild and flaky white fish filet comes on a toasted honey buttered brioche bun with tartar sauce. Lauren, why are we always recording this around lunchtime? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm listening to this. And I'm like, oh man, I'm hungry. <laughs> Take one of those, one of these. Um, shrimp lovers can also order Church's six piece classic shrimp, which comes with a honey butter biscuit. And for those that don't mind sharing, Church's even has a family sized seafood offering a 20 piece classic shrimp and six pieces of hand battered chicken tenders. And those shrimp lover lovers will be happy to hear that Qdoba has brought back their fan favorite citrus lime shrimp for a limited time. This citrus lime shrimp can be enjoyed in two chef crafted options, including the surf and turf burrito or bowl and the citrus lime shrimp burrito. Do we have to take it? Do I have to take you to Qdoba so you could? I think you do because we don't really have one around here. No, we're going to have to take a road trip. Road trip. I'll do anything for for anything citrus lime. I buy this citrus lime uh, rice from Costco. It, like it's like a ready in the bag, and you put it in the microwave. Oh, we have like eighty packets of it in our pantry. <laughs> I I also have eighty packets because sometimes they don't have it. So whenever they do have it, I at least <laughs> buy two boxes. It's so good. It is so good. So I I'm very interested in in trying Quidobas, especially since they keep bringing it back. They've had it for a few years now. Um, but shrimp nibblers have been a hit at White Castle for the last few years. The chain even introducing a sriracha version uh, last year, which Lauren and I had. It was awesome. But Shrimp nibblers are not the only thing on the menu at White Castle for Lent. In addition, they have like a year-round fish slider and fish nibblers. Those are made with wild Alaska pollock. Uh, but White Castle also announced that they brought back a previously discontinued item, clam strips, which I didn't even think about it. I forgot that they used to have clam strips. They like quietly left White Castle's menu in 2019, um, but they're now they're back, but only in certain locations. So in New York, New Jersey, Columbus, and Detroit. So we're one of the, the lucky few regions that, um, you know, will have clam strips. Some other regions may, but it, only for a limited time. And finally, Long John Silver's is a fast food chain that specializes in seafood, but that doesn't mean they don't offer specials during Lent. This year, $6 shrimp baskets are back for a limited time. Diners can enjoy either a grilled shrimp basket, popcorn shrimp basket, or battered dip shrimp basket. Each basket features your choice of shrimp, uh, plus one side, and two hush puppies. Now over to Valentine's Day. Flowers, chocolates, a bottle of champagne, a delicious seafood dinner. Right, Lauren? We're, we have plans this year, not our husband? Check, check, check. That <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> but seriously, what, what more could someone want on Valentine's exactly. Day? Exactly. 
But according to the National Retail Federation, total expected spending on gifts for significant others this year is expected to reach a record high of $14.2 billion. And while jewelry is the gift category with the highest total spending, um, with an anticipated $6.4 billion, uh, an evening out is close behind at $4.9 billion. Restaurant chains are already gearing up for Valentine's Day with promotions and special menus starting the weekend before and running through the weekend after. But special home-cooked meals also scream romance, especially when two young toddlers are running around your feet. Right, Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more romantic. <laughs> so Erna Barry, seafood market reporters Janice Schreiber, and Liz Cuzzo dive deep into the salmon and lobster markets to explain what lovebirds will find at retail. As many industry professionals heard at National Fisheries Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference in Orlando last month, salmon is a powerhouse. Schreiber reports that farm salmon continues to be offered heavily at retail and food service. From a historical standpoint, there is usually an added focus on farm salmon around both Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, which, as we mentioned before, in 2024 will happen to fall on the same day. From a bird's eye view, looking at the salmon complex by examining the salmon index, the market is 15.5% higher than the five-year average. Three to four pound fresh farm Chilean fillets, uh, the bellwether item in the complex, is 11.9% higher than the five-year average as well. However, when you start to look under the microscope and begin to get into the musha of day-to-day trade, it is highly unsettled across the entirety of the complex. During the last few days of January and the first few days of February, farm salmon complex added chili for both fresh fillets and whole fish, as well as the Canadian whole fish market, saw significant adjustments lower. So three to four pound fresh Chilean fillets dropped 5.1% and 12 to 14 pound fresh uh, Canadian whole fish saw a 30.6% drop in that week alone. Much of this scenario stems from a reaction after a sudden price increase that occurred due to some compounding events, which greatly impacted supply in the farm salmon complex. January saw sharp upticks in all markets due to factors like the algal bloom in Chile, bad weather in the Northeast impacting harvesting in Canada, and no West Coast Canadian whole fish in the market. Once weather eased in the Northeast and the market adjusted to the news out of Chile, the supply disruptions settled. Demand ended up falling short of expectations, changing the market dramatically. Looking more closely at retail data using Erner Berry's retail features, we see in 2024 that buying opportunities for fresh farm salmon plays had been under the three-year average for the past four weeks. In total, 2024 is lagging behind 3.7% in the number of retail features or buying opportunities. When looking at average price, we notice that pricing is 3.1% lower so far in 2024 as compared to 2023. So if you are aiming to dazzle your Valentine this year with a delectable lobster feast, yes. prepare to reach <laughs> deep into your pockets. Uh, New England one and a quarter pound live lobsters are currently priced at $13.50, slightly below the record levels set in 2022, but still 32.1% higher than their five-year average price of $10.22. If you lean towards lobster tails, five to six ounce tails are trading 12.7% higher than their five-year average. I don't care. It still shows that you that you love the person. I say spend that money. Spend it, Greg. <laughs> spend it, Tom. Two lobster tails. <laughs> We're looking at you, Tom and Greg. Um, since autumn, the live lobster market has been traversing a landscape marked by scarce uh, raw materials, particularly elevated replacement costs and firm market prices. 
uh, competition for a share of the limited supply is customary for this time of the year, as inventory shortages are more pronounced. However, the resurgence of the Chinese buyer has influenced the marketplace greatly. Uh, Chinese demand, whether for the mid-autumn festival or for Chinese New Year, has been robust and sustained. Year-to-date exports of live lobster to China from January to December totaled 20.5 million pounds, reflecting an impressive 91.3% surge compared to the previous year. Wild. Um, This remarkable growth has surpassed the export record set in 2018 by 10.72%. So while demand heats up in China, domestic consumers face ongoing economic challenges such as elevated food expenses, interest rates, and a pervasive feeling of economic downturn. Consequently, individuals are adopting a cautious approach towards their expenditure, whether dining out or shopping. The retail sector particularly encounters hurdles in promoting lobster due to uncertainties in procurement and prevailing high market rates, introducing a pricey seafood option to a consumer base already sensitive to costs entails significant risk. Well, way to take me down a couple notches, Lauren. I was yeah, ready. I'm sorry. Was <laughs> you know, now I'm like, oh, I guess I do have like some expenses coming up. I'm like trying to get, I want to go to Pigeon Forge. Tennessee. It's in Tennessee. There's Dolly World there. There's like a Titanic museum. Not sure if there's anything seafood related or any good (laughs) seafood restaurants. So if anybody's been to Pigeon Forge and can give me the seafood low down there, let me know. But anyway, so now I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't force Tom to to go get me a nice expensive seafood dinner. (sighs) Hey, Wild Alaska Pollock for the win. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Always have that in my freezer. All right. So the big question, will consumers opt for lobster to elevate their Valentine's Day celebrations at home or will per- the purse strings remain tight? It's I'm, I'm on the edge here. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know. Me neither. <laughs> but despite concerns over rising food prices, which hampered seafood sales last year, high end items like lobster could potentially even end up on plates of those not even celebrating Valentine's Day. Uh, NRF's data shows that even consumers not celebrating the Day of Love are interested in treating themselves to something special to mark the occasion. Treat yourself. We always are on board for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's every day. (laughs) Yep. But uh, that does it for us today. Yeah. So thanks again to Craig Morris and Emily D'Souza for jumping on the podcast. Next week, we'll have another special guest, Pat Shanahan, the executive director of the Wild Alaska Soul Association. So if you don't do so already, make sure you follow the podcast. We're going to have to ask Pat. So Lauren and I went on a tour of a vessel with Pat and I nearly like fell down the steps twice in a row. It was three <laughs> and, times. And I was took three. note. And Pat was right in front of us. So we're going to have to ask Pat next week if she right. Yeah. <laughs> almost falling down the stairs because at least like two times a month since then, Lauren has sent me memes about people falling downstairs and how it still brings joy to their faces. And um, I just, the, I, the I, next I, podcast will, will go into deeper dive of this because I, it was, it was so funny. It was, but it, it brings you joy. And I hope it brings that, me so much joy. I, I, again? I thought you were joking the entire time, but no, she was just <laughs> falling down steep steps in her slippery vans. <laughs> yeah. Vans are not, not what should be on fishing vessels, but I think Pat caught like one of them. And I'm curious if, yeah, if she thinks of me often, like you do. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.